Hi, this is Jack Nicklaus. Thanks for calling Edwin Watts Golf, America's most trusted golf retailer, friend of Nicklaus Equipment, and a friend of the game of golf. Welcome to Golf Better at Edwin Watts Golf. Episode number 72. Hello everyone, my name is Tom Purcell and thanks so much for joining us. Whether you're a first time listener or a long time subscriber to the show, we're glad you're with us. And Sitting in with me is technical specialist Kenny Nicholson. And Kenny, as you heard on the lead in, we have a treat today, the greatest of all time. Yeah, we do. It's a special treat uh, for us as well as the listeners, I hope. And joining us today is none other than, you know, in my mind, the greatest golfer of all time, Mr. Jack Nicklaus. Mr. Nicholas, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for joining us. This is unbelievable. We do appreciate it very much. Jack, as we're approaching the Masters, we want to talk with you about some great memories you have, but we'd like to talk a little bit, if you could share a little bit about one, a little closer in Orlando, Florida, the Citrus Bowl. Your grandson, Nick, wins the state championship, and what a player he is. Can you just talk about him for a few minutes? Well, Nick's, uh, Nick's a very good athlete. Any sport he plays, he plays very well. He's he's a big kid. He's about 6'4", 220, and, uh, and, and fast. And uh, Nick... Uh, I think he he would like to pursue the game of football, and uh, he's a he's a tight end wide receiver type, and he's uh, they won they won the state championship at Dwyer this year, and uh, uh, he's back for another year next year, and he's uh, uh, it was you know it's kind of fun watching him. It's, it's fun watching your I enjoyed watching all my kids play play football and uh, uh, basketball, baseball, whatever, golf, whatever they played, and uh, uh, now I'm watching my grandkids play, and I'm I'm having a ball. Yeah, it was, it was a great day for you, but Niceville High School is local for us, and it was actually a high school that I went to, so it was a sad day for me. But uh, congratulations to uh, your grandson in Dwyer High School. Hey, real quick, back in 1959, you were named to the Walker Cup team, and you were invited to play in your first Masters as an amateur. Can you share with us a little bit of, about the memories back then when you were an amateur playing at the first time at Augusta? Well, um, you know, I was actually a 19-year-old kid, and uh, – uh, I remember the first time driving down Magnolia Lane. It's, uh, uh, it just sort of gave me goosebumps, and, uh, uh, you know, I sort of really enjoyed that. And I've been, as a matter of fact, I, I go back, uh, uh, you know, over, well, over 50 years later, and I still get the same goosebumps driving down. It's, uh, it's just a, it's a magnificent uh, experience. Uh, we stayed in the crow's nest during the tournament. Uh, all the amateurs stayed up there. We had a great time. And, uh, uh, you know, in those days, uh, they sort of, uh, uh, sort of a cute story with, uh, they used to, they sort of reprimanded us for the amount of food that we ate. <laughs> they charged us a dollar for breakfast, a dollar for lunch, and two dollars for dinner. And, and Phil Rogers was staying up there with me, and the two of us kept having two steaks every night, and they finally came back and said, you know, we may have to charge you guys for two steaks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, going, they're, they're worried whether four dollars is going to be too much. <laughs> Anyway, we uh, you know we absorbed a lot of food in those days, as, as, as most youngsters do. But uh, we had some great experience that year, those years. That, that the first year I played, and uh, uh, you know I remember I was really disappointed with the tournament because I uh, I hit 31 greens in regulation for the first 36 holes, and uh, uh, I three putted eight times, and I was out of the tournament. And I, I happened to notice that Arnold had only hit 19 greens, and he was leading the tournament. <laughs> That's sort of uh, told me that I, I better learn how to how to putt those greens because that's uh, that's obviously the key to that golf course and 
you know, it's, uh, but you learn, you learn a lesson with every mistake. Well, Jack, it was just a couple years later you win, and then a couple years after that you win back-to-back. Fast forward a little bit to 1972, but people started talking about you having a shot at winning the all four majors in one year. You won back-to-back the Masters in the U.S. Open. Talk about that year. In uh, 72, I'd won the Masters and then won the Open at Pebble Beach. And I went to the British Open that year uh, uh, feeling pretty confident, and I hurt my neck on Sunday night or Sunday of the tournament. And before the tournament, and I was sort of uh, not very good the first few rounds, and I, my neck sort of cleared up the last round, and then all of a sudden I shot 30 the, the first night of the uh, last round and moved into the lead of the tournament after 11 holes. And uh, uh, I guess I guess I guess I couldn't handle the handle the heat, but because uh, uh, I didn't win, but I got to uh, I got around to 16, and I stood on the tee, and I just sort of sat there, and I said, you know. When I was standing here in 1966, I said to myself, if I can finish par, birdie, par, which is a par three, par five, par four, I'm going to win this golf tournament. I finished par, birdie, par. Well, I said the same thing standing on the team, and unfortunately, the wind was the opposite direction, and I finished bogey, par, par, which was two shots higher than I needed to finish. And everybody talks about the great chip-in that Trevino made. Well, he did make a great chip in. He made a great chip from over the green to uh, to win the term by one over uh, over Tony Jacklin and me. But had I finished the way I said I should have finished, uh, I would have won too. And then, that, of course, that would have uh, set up uh, uh, a pretty phenomenal week at Oakland Hills the next the next tournament. We're talking with the great Mr. Jack Nicholas. A great thrill for all of us. And Jack, you know, here we are, thirty five years removed from that epic showdown in 75 fellow Ohio State alum Tom Weiskopf up and comer Johnny Miller can you walk us through a little bit of that final round because that the emotions that went in that round was incredible well you know know, there's a lot of tournaments that I've played in that I said were just absolute pure fun Uh, some I've won some I've lost I mean that one was won I I, when I when Watson and I played 77 at Turnberry that was pure fun uh, even though I lost but but that one there was pure fun because nobody gave it away. Uh, Tom played well, Miller played well, and I played well. Coming down the stretch, uh, uh, the whole thing really sort of boiled down to uh, really, I guess, uh, 16 and 7, or 15 and 16. And, and uh, I guess 15, I birdied 15 and uh, moved into a tie. I'm not sure whether who I was in tie with at that point in time, probably both of them. And. Uh, uh, they were standing on the 15th green when I hold a long, about 40 footer at 16, up onto the ridge, and you know that was when I guess Miller had said or Weisskopf, one of the two of them said, they said, "Well, all I could see was bear tracks running around the green," and uh, uh, you know that sort of moved me one shot ahead. Both of them came to the 18th hole with chances to tie the tournament, and uh, Johnny had about a 20 footer and Weisskopf had about a 10 footer, and they both had good putts but didn't go in, and uh, you know it was a it was a tournament we all played well. And just hearing the history of those just brings goosebumps to me. But probably one of the most talked about uh, tournaments uh, obviously goes back to uh, the 1986 win at the Masters at age 46, which was your record sixth Masters championship. You had Jackie on the bag and a new putter in your bag as well. What were your thoughts going into that tournament? You know, it, at 46 years old and and a, and a young and upcoming crew coming to the Masters. Well, you know, I've uh after 1980, I really never really 
uh, I sort of, I don't know why I was even playing golf, to be very honest. I was sort of putting in my time. And, uh, you know, I just, I didn't have a whole lot else to do. I still enjoyed playing, but I didn't, I was only playing 11 or 12 tournaments a year. And uh, that spring, I got a, got this new putter that we had had at, uh, uh, at the equipment company. And uh, uh, the uh, it was this big, long, huge thing. And I remember the first tournament I used it, the wind blew it into a ball and, 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 and cost me a stroke. And uh, that was down at uh, Eagle Trace down here in Fort Lauderdale. And... But, I, but by the time the Masters rolled around, I was actually putting pretty well, and I'd been struggling with my ball striking. And I got to the Masters, and the, the week before, I seemed to get my ball striking down pretty good, got into the tournament, and I couldn't putt, which is normally the case. And I shot 74 the first round, and I still hit the ball well in the second round, shot 71. Uh, and then I started making a couple putts on the third round, shot 69. Going to the last round, I was... Uh, uh, I got a call from my son Steve uh, before the round of going to the golf course. He says, he says, what do you think, Pops? And I said, well, I, said, I think 66 will probably tie, 65 will win. He says, exact number I have in mind, go shoot it. And so I went out and uh, I got uh, through eight holes, and uh, I was even par. I really wasn't getting anything done. I'd made one birdie and, and bogeyed a hole in there, and uh, I got around to the ninth green. I was on the ninth green, and... I, had a, I was on the fringe about, oh, I was only about 15 feet from the hole, and I was getting over the ball, and all of a sudden a big roar went up from eight, and it was Ballesteros making an eagle to hold his third shot. I got back over the ball, another big roar went up, and Tom Kite followed him in the hole with an eagle, holding his wedge shot. And uh, all of a sudden I turned around and sort of relaxed me, and I said, okay, guys, let's see if we can make a yell like that here at nine. I hold the putt, and there's a huge yell at nine, and I buried 10 and 11, and I made a bogey at 12. I made bogey, but it may have turned, it may have gotten me back focused again. So I birdied 13, par 14. Then I stood in the middle of the 15th fairway, and uh, uh, I was about, I don't know, I think it was 214 yards, something like that. And I said to my son Jack, I said, How far do you think a three will go here? And I don't mean club. And he said, I think it'll go a long way, Dad. So I hit a, I hit a four iron, knocked it in about, I don't know, 12 feet, I guess. I made the putt, uh, and that put me into a pretty good position. Then, of course, I almost, almost made hole in one at the next hole and made birdie. And I walked over to 17T, and all of a sudden there was that uh, horrible sound of where you know something happened that was bad, but yet you heard somebody cheered that was happy about it. And I knew that Biasteris had knocked his second shot in the water at 15, the only possible sound it could be. Because there was people cheering for me, but people groaning for Seve, which I hate that sound. It's uh, the, the, the cheering for a bad shot. I never have liked that. But, but I did know what happened, so I, I knew that it put me in a position that I need to, you know, finish off this round. And I hit my, hit my tee shot the left side of the fairway and hit a wedge in about uh, 12 feet. And uh, I looked at Jackie and I said, what do you think here? And he says, well, he says it's going to go a little bit right. I said, yeah. I said, but do you think it will come back to Ray's Creek? And he said, he said, I hope so. I said, well, I do too. So I hit it, and the ball came back to Ray's Creek and went in, and uh, I made the three, put me in the lead for the first time, and then I parred the last hole, and, uh, uh, you know, all the rest of it's sort of history. I mean, I know what uh, – Todd Kite had a good shot at it. Norman had a good shot at it, but neither one of them got it done. It was a, it was a great week. Having Jackie on the bag was, bag was fantastic. The putter was successful. Uh, uh, you know, they couldn't give the – we couldn't give that putter away uh, – 
prior to the prior to the Masters, and uh, you know, I think I don't know what we sold, but it was uh, like three hundred thousand of them uh, uh, right after the Masters. Couldn't make enough of them. Back to twelve. You said that's the one that got you going. If I, you hit a good putt, but there was a spike mark, right? Yeah, I had a spike mark in the way, and I missed about a five or six foot putt. But it's uh, uh, you know, those things happen. You're going to have spike marks, but it's you know. Uh, I, I look back and watch the film, watching me whack that mark, that mark down after I, after the ball went by it because it was. Uh, it did, I obviously got irritated by doing it because here I are, you put, here I am putting myself in a position and then then, then trying to give it back away. But sometimes when uh, you know you, you do something, it kicks you right in the rear end, and you, you got to get going again. Jack, final question. You know, not many people are aware of this, but you and your firm were involved in some slight changes, some design changes at Augusta back in uh, 25 years ago, and certainly prior to your final win. It's gone numerous changes since then, and especially over the last 10, 12 years. So looking back on those changes, do you agree with a lot that what happened? Well, you know, the changes that we were involved in were modest changes. Actually, I put the bunkers there on the left of three. Three, three, there was just, it was wide open. And uh, we, uh, we lowered the uh, pitch of the green at 9 and 18, kept the contours the same, but lowered the pitch there. We did the same at 14, uh, redid the 13th green, tried to restore it. But all our changes were totally in the keeping of what was at Augusta and not changing the, the theme of Augusta. And the first thing that Augusta did was, you know, put in rough. And then they start putting in trees and narrowing the fairways. And the whole, Bobby Jones' whole philosophy of golf was he loved St. Andrews, which was uh, give yourself, uh, you know, a generous tee shot, put it in the right position, you get the right angle to the hole, and, and, you can, and then you can attack the golf course. If you can't, you have to play it defensively. And the, the whole philosophy of the golf course has changed. Now it's, you've got to drive it longer, you have to drive it straighter. Uh, it's, uh, the green areas are still the same, same basic thing. They've made a couple of modest changes, but nothing significant. And, you know, did I like it? No, not probably. I probably didn't like it. But did they probably do the right thing to, to uh, defend the golf course against modern equipment? Absolutely. I think Augusta's done a great job of doing that. I think it's exactly what probably the course needed to be able to maintain uh, a similar uh, defense for the golf course that it had back when I played. Uh, the scores are relatively the same. The guys are playing relatively the same club, even though the golf ball goes so much further. So, you know, uh, it, it, it's just that I think everybody uh, likes the game when it's played in their era, and they think the next era has a different game. Well, the next era does have a different game. But is it still a good game? Is that still a great golfers? Absolutely. Wonderful memories for us. I, I think what's amazing, you know, in 86 when you won, I was a senior in high school, but the shots that you can go back, to, I mean, you know exactly where you were on the green, how far the putts were and stuff, but, you know, I can go back and, and when you're talking about these shots, and I've, I remember them visually watching them on TV just pulling for you, so that's amazing, and we wanted to, you know, say, hey, thank you very much for joining us today, and it's a huge privilege and an honor to have you on with us today, and uh, we just thank you for what you do for golf and, and what you do for uh, for your business and every, every golf course design, everything out there, Jack. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, I enjoyed the conversation today, guys, and uh, uh, you brought up some pretty good subjects, ones I like to talk about. Thanks so much, Mr. Nicholas, and have a great time at Augusta this year. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Wow, doesn't get much better than that. What a treat that was.
Now, what a what a privilege to to be able to, to uh, talk to Mr. Nicholas, and you know, I, I got the goosebumps are starting to go away now that we're off the phone. But man, that was incredible. Well, the, the memories that everybody remembers certain things in time, and I think every golfer remembers. You said it; you were in high school where you were when he won in '86. Through the years, you hit certain shots or play certain real good rounds that you can go back and you can remember certain shots within that round. But the thing that's amazing about Jack is when he's talking about, you know, being on. 16 in 86 i mean he remembers every single shot of those majors going way back and it's you know it's incredible um you know what what he was able to do through all of the years and the memory that he has of everything and we all hold a lot of those memories in our heart and stuff yeah thanks so much to uh mr nicholas himself also tony pando and scott tolly at nicholas golf for setting up that uh, that amazing 10 or 15 minutes we had with him and one of the things, again, to thank Tony Pando for is offering up a set of new 2010 Nicholas Polarity HP irons, a whole set of irons to give away to a listener. Yeah, that's incredible to get a whole new set of irons. And, and uh, Tony, thank you very much. We appreciate everything you did to get this thing going. And, and uh, what, a, what, a, what a special gift to offer a set to give away. Yeah, and if you're not sure how to register to win, it's pretty easy. Go to our homepage. First step is go to the middle and click on Golf Better Podcast. Yeah, click on the podcast button uh, at the bottom of our homepage. It's Golf Better Podcast. And on uh, from there, you'll go to our landing page, and there will be a register to win button. Simply click on that button, fill in the required information that we require of you, and you will be submitted to win one of these awesome sets of Nicholas Polarity irons. And also on that page is the Ask Kenny button. Um, so it, when you click on that, it will shoot an email directly to me. If you have any questions or suggestions for the show, send me a question. Uh, I answer each and every one of those personally, uh, and every now and then we'll do an episode called Ask Kenny, and we might use one of your questions on the show, and you'll get one of our new Golf Better podcast hats as well, right, Tom? That is right. A couple of colorful spots on that page. You can be a fan on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe on iTunes where you can get the show automatically right into your iPod. Yeah, I mean, if you subscribe, it's free. It goes into your iPod every time we do a new episode, and that's great uh, advice on the Facebook and Twitter something. If you want to get early uh, release information on sales, promotions, things we have going on at retail. Please become a fan on Facebook. Uh, we try to keep uh, everybody up to speed on everything that's going on and also follow us on Twitter as well. well once again, Kenny, that was awesome. That's something I'll always remember, getting to talk to uh, Jack Nicholas, the greatest. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, I don't know if he'll remember us, but we'll, def- <laughs> we'll definitely remember him. <laughs> so it was incredible. Well, thanks so much for sitting in again. And to all the listeners, thank you so much for joining us. And keep listening in. Come back in a couple weeks when we have another exciting episode of Golf Better at edwinwattsgolf.com. So long, everyone.